Feast High. Hello, podcast listeners. It's Wildcat Minute, where we talk about High School Musical 3, senior year, one minute at a time. I'm Condra. And I'm Tyler. And today we're talking about Minute 25 of High School Musical 3. Minute 25 starts out with Sharpay describing performers as deceitful, ambitious, and ruthless, and ends with Sharpay singing, You Gotta Have Your Star on the Door. Wow, Condra, it's a song. It's a song. It's a bop what? too. I'm so I like this. This is something that always happens for me is because I don't I, I am listening to the song, but I don't necessarily know it, what the title is yet. Yeah. So, so I'll uh, you want me to introduce big, this song. Bigger and better? No, you The song is called I Want It All. It is composed and written by Matthew Gerard and Robbie Neville. Wow, classic guys. Our our pals are back. For another bopping song. So I like that before we Is get to the bop? song, we could bop to the top. I'm just I'm just questioning your premise. Continue describing what you need to describe. So before the song starts, Ryan questions Sharpay with the idea that aren't they performers? Yeah, she says that they're ruthless and deceitful and ambitious. And Ryan says, Are we that? And Sharpay's like, yes, of course we are. I don't think Ryan is, though. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting, like, bit of comedy. Like, a, pre- a pretty good line. Mm-hmm. Like, Sharpay, Sharpay, Sharpay being a, a Slytherin-esque, like, ambitious, but in a, in a positive way, can, like, can be a good thing. Although it's not always in a positive way for Sharpay. Indeed. She then turns it on to Ryan with this song and push it. He he scoops a little bit of whipped cream off of his Big Apple Parfait, and she doesn't like that. <laughs> so she pushes his tray out of the way and questions him with, imagine having everything we ever dreamed. Don't you want it? What are Maybe. what is what they've ever dreamed? Like I feel like I part think of they the like want to be on Broadway and but Sharpay is taking it to another level. They want to be famous, the star of the screen, and you could be something in between. Baby, you could drive my car. Anyway, no, it's all okay. So yes, there's a little bit of business going on with their lunches. Um, actually, what happens is Sharpay sort of discreetly pushes Tiara Gold away with her lunch tray. Yeah, and Tiara just like puts that somewhere else. And then, then she pushes Ryan's lunch away too. And then the song just starts. Like the song really starts out of nowhere. I, yeah, it is definitely like a little jarring because it it's the first line that imagine having everything we've ever dreamed is almost like seek, sing speaking, but actually yeah, Tisdale's yeah. not. She just goes into singing. She doesn't really but do. But you a can tell speaking. it's. You can tell it's like the recorded version of it. Like, oh her, yeah, her voice throughout the scene is like the recorded, like maybe slightly auto-tuned. Yeah, well, even so, effect. I have a I have a qualm with one of Ryan, all of Ryan's lines, kind of here because he is seek, sing speaking, and then when he becomes sarcastic, it is just so does not match his face, which is what bothers me is that Ryan is acting 
And this is the the issue, like, this is the complaint with people who are like, oh, they've recorded before and then just lip sync it, is their acting doesn't always line up with how they sound. I mean, I think it's, I think it's good enough in this song, like, the little quips that Ryan is saying in between, like, yes, he, it's, it's doing the, like, some people are singing and some people are talking, but it's all recorded the same. Mm -hmm. You can, like, you can still hear the difference in audio timbre, like, it's it's fine. It just feels like when, in particular, he, uh, Sharpay pushes him to think beyond leading the part, and he reacts with, oh, become superstars. And, like, there should be that inflection in it, like the sarcastic, like his hand movements, his facial expressions all indicate that he is being sarcastic and it should have a sarcastic tone to it, but his singing does not reflect that. Well, I think what you're reacting to there is that, like, become superstars. Like, he's sort of obligated to, like, fill some bars there. Yeah. And it's like, if you want, it, you have to make the choice of, like, am I going to do this, like, to the beat of the song, or am I going to do it, like, in in spoken word, but like taping taking up about the same amount of space. Like it's a hard line to cross. And some people are good at talk singing and some people are really bad at talk singing. Mm-hmm. Lucas Graybill's obviously like pretty good at it. Yeah. He just maybe didn't like have a a well written line because become superstar like become superstars? Like what is he supposed to say? Yeah. I even like it if if it was a questioning, like if he questioned instead of that sarcastic face, like if there was a. Con- I, I th- I'm not hearing the like the the juxt like the the failed juxtaposition of the tone that you're implying. Like when when he's doing the sarcastic face and then he says become superstars. Like if you're if you're looking at his face, then you can understand his tone. Like that's that's how the emotions work. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. It just is like, I think of a sarcastic, the exaggerated sarcastic tone. It's like, gee, isn't that great? Like, well, not, not every sarcastic thing has to be like super hammed up. Like it could just be, but he is super ham. He is doing the big hand movements, the eye roll, everything else is super ham. Well, I'm saying what I'm saying is that good sarcasm makes you question whether it's sarcastic or not. Like, what's his face in Friends? Matthew Perry. Like, he's he's always sarcastic, so you never know if he's sincere. And like, like super exaggerated sarcasm is just annoying and cringe. But like, really, really well perfected and crafted sarcasm is good. But we're and that's it, not it blurs what we're, that line. That is, I don't agree that we're seeing a, a well-crafted sarcasm based on physical acting. I don't. I I think it think it's weird that the the line you're circling in on is become superstars because like, I don't know the the Sharpay and what's his name line is like a more indicative. Well, that's the thing. That example. line is performed very well. He does the inflection. He does the facial features, the hand gestures. That's all like a nice package. And then he fails at this other point or not fails. I don't, but think, it's he, less I don't think he fails. I think you're just looking for like, I'm looking, you're looking for something that's just either not going to be there or 
your your expectations are somehow too high for this movie. Uh, my expectations are never too high for Lucas Graybeal. He is a superstar. So the, the lines go down. Imagine having everything we ever dreamed. Don't you want it? Maybe. Can't you see it? Kind of. Imagine first audition after college. I get the lead. Apart from me? Well, of course. Yeah, right. You gotta believe it. I don't know. The it's weird because the the first audition after college, I get the lead line. It's like it's like too real or like I don't know. Like I think Ashley Tisdale does a good job of like delivering that line, like mm-hmm. doing the like toxing first audition after college. I get the lead. Like yeah. Like the 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 way she's doing the meter is yeah. is effective. Um, it finally hit me. But it's me also with just a weird metering. line. Yeah, it finally hit me with the metering was like, it's like Fergalicious. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why does this song sound like something else? And it's Fergalicious. Cool. Love that. For a while, I thought Ryan was saying, apart from me. So, like. <laughs> So like, oh yeah, cool, Sharpay, you get the lead, I get nothing. Yeah, apart for me, apart from me. Different prepositions. See, this is why we gotta learn prepositions for sure. And it's interesting too, because like we already had this like debate and discussion in the last movie where like Sharpay is overambitious and selfish and wants everything to be about her. Like casting Ryan aside so that she can have Troy be her partner in song. And now she's like circled back to Ryan. Ryan, who's ingratiated himself and like become pals with the whole rest of the crew already and like does not have this opposition thing. It would be more interesting if the song was almost more about Ryan and his inability to decide like, do I stick with Sharpay, who's like, might be my ticket to stardom, or do I stick with my friends who are you know wholesome and support me no matter what yeah do you do you see what i mean like no i do see what you mean it would be interesting to have more ryan's perspective but this is sharpay's song like and it's and and it being sharpay's song isn't adding anything new like to the table you have to wait (laughs) i've and i and i've seen the next minute and i think i think visually and like stylistically there are places for this song to go that are exciting yeah but I like the idea that Sharpay is ambitious and wants to be a star. But I think I think part of what this is doing is Ryan is still very malleable right now. I don't like that word malleable. He's maybe not as locked in to his friends as we want to hope he is. That he's actually his his sister's crafty ways, her ambition may drag him along for better or worse. I I think Ryan's very very hesitancy and his course over the song kind of can reflect or maybe reveal what we may see of Ryan in this movie is that oh, he is also ambitious and wants these big things, but he does it in a much more quiet way and he He's he's a more Iago-esque figure. Yeah. <laughs> and not not the Aladdin Iago, who's an annoying parrot, but no. the <laughs> Othello Iago. <laughs> but like th- 
think about it, like he is also competing for this scholarship and wants to do this choreography and made comments when things worked in his favor in the recent casting, like that he's leading the choreography. He gets 30 more people plus to to lead. I mean, those are ambition. He was displaying ambition, but just in subtler ways. So in High School Musical 2, you get Fabulous. And Fabulous works really well as a song because it it sets a lot of the, the tone for what the summer spa resort is. And it's a way to revel in Sharpay's character that both gives you the like Barbie-esque wish fulfillment and... It's a li- it's a little silly and it's a little funny and it's a little over the top in a campy high school musical way. This this song like I think Fabulous does that for the trilogy and this song is just taking up space at this point. It's like we've done the Sharpay like wish fulfillment and that one worked too because it was establishing setting and establishing ca- her character in the movie. But for this one, it's like, okay, again, it's just Sharpay wants to be an acting star. And what the stuff you were saying about Ryan, like, I think totally, I think totally makes sense. And his relationship with Sharpay still being questioned here, like, okay, I want to support my sister and like help her out, but is she going to do it just to step on me and like use me to propel her forward? Or am I going to be in the picture too? Like, even if she says like, yeah, you're going to be involved. He's still like, yeah, right. I think as this song progresses, I think we're going to keep recircling back to, is this song more about Sharpay or more about Ryan? Just because like knowing the progress of this song and I do enjoy this song. I think it's a lot of fun. I think the visuals are really cool in this song. I think this definitely isn't fabulous. It has a different role in the movie. Yeah, and it and if and if you're right and it's going to go places and and do things that aren't just repeat the sort of same ideas that we've already gotten in previous movies, then great. I'm looking forward to it. Also, like from the minute in this from the the minute of the song that I've heard in this minute and the minute that I've heard in the next minute, like the song itself isn't that catchy. (laughs) I think it is a pretty standard pop song. It's very reminiscent of bop to the top in terms of structure. I I think that the part that works is like the chorus, like the, Mm -hmm. you want it all. Like the the layering of the, Mm -hmm. of the singing. Yeah. The, the verses are, I mean, Sharpay is, in this minute in particular, she is just trying to start convincing Ryan what's going on. Like, it it's still not full, fl- I don't think it's full-fledged song until we, until the end of the minute when we break into dream sequence. Yeah. Um, they do, they do some other fun business where, um, they stand up on, like, the stools of the table, and then they stand up on the top of the table I hope there's no lunch monitors nearby that are going to be like, hey, get down from there. So I like that sh- like this. there's this balance between Sharpay and Ryan where Sharpay keeps blocking Ryan and Ryan keeps pushing himself forward. He's like, no, move your arm. No, I'm involved. Like there's this 
he's pushing himself forward almost subconsciously. Like, he's like, hey, I want to be in here too. Like, even though he's doubtful in his words that Sharpay is actually going to include him, he's finding a way into him. Ryan also has um, this bit of business where, like, he kind of just wants to eat his lunch. <laughs> like, yeah. at the beginning when Sharpay is, like, actively pushing his lunch away from him, he's like, no, gimme, gimme. And then later when the the dancing starts and um, you Tiara Gold kind of leads this group of people who are walking in a circle around the table, and then she actually gets all the way around the table, grabs his lunch tray, and carries it away, and Ryan looks back and goes, hey, wh- where are you going with that? Yeah, I really liked that, too. I was like, oh, man, that is good idea like you have to get rid of this lunch tray without breaking this wide shot how do you do that oh tr gold's assisting sharpay's vision of a dance sequence by leading in these dancers and then she's also clearing the way for sharpay to have a dance sequence like i what's interesting about this so far is that sharpay has been like a hundred percent in music video mode for like the whole song now and Ryan hasn't gotten there yet. Yeah. So that's something that can be fun in, in a musical is like when someone knows they're like doing something non-diegetic and the other person is still in the diegetic world. Yeah. And those things are conflicting. Like that can be fun. Like in Hail Caesar, when Channing Tatum, I mean, obviously it, there's layering there because they're like filming a movie and they're on set. But there's that fun bit where Channing Tatum's doing the the dance sequence on top of the the bar top and the bartender's like pulling the napkins away and like grabbing the glasses and everything. And it's me like, yeah, the, like the one person who's singing and dancing, the the world like molds to be around them and everyone else has to to work around them to make sure that the the singing and dancing takes the forefront and that the background stuff is just it's just material but material in the sense that it doesn't matter. I like that this song takes a little bit more time to get fantasy in the fantasy sequence and you kind of see it break down into that. Like it, it takes some time and I do appreciate that a lot. So what we get in this minute is Sharpay steps off the table and looks out over her perch over to the rest of the lunchroom. And we see now that the tables in the lower part of the lunchroom are all like disco uh, well, the lighting overall has changed, so it's it's got sort of a dark with the color splashes and then in the like middle, warmer tones instead of like the harsh neon or the harsh fluorescent. And also, the marquee has changed. Oh yeah, it says Sharpay, Sharpay and, and Ryan, Ryan in, in everything. everything, which I guess is a good um, follow up on the like the marquee says the deli special, and now it says Sharpay and Ryan's names, obviously. Yeah, I, I liked, and it's lit up now, too. Like, I like that, like, them stepping over the table, basically, is their entrance into the dream sequence. And then the tables on the bottom are spinning. It is very, like, disco ball-esque. Like, yeah. not not the, like, not the mirror globe, but, like, the Chuck E. Cheese, like, multicolored yeah. disco lights. Yeah. I like that this dancing and we'll get more of this in the next minute but it is reminiscent of sticks to the status quo but it has this broadway fantasy sheen over it i think the very idea that like the tables are like really spinning and like part of the choreography is a good escalation of the stick to the status quo where like some of the tables moved around um to like give people room to dance but they were mostly just still yeah i like that this 
it's it's kind of a a weird combination of stick to the status quo, fabulous, and bop to the top. Because I definitely like the rhythm of the song is reminiscent more reminiscent of bop to the top. There is one thing when she says. Uh, right when she's like finishing the first chorus and she says, don't you see that bigger is better and better is bigger. A little bit is never enough. No, no, no. I hear, and I think it's just the way the music is. I hear a fourth no, and that is confusing to me. Or I think it should be a fourth <laughs> no. And maybe I'm just conflating another song that has like that no, 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 no kind of thing. All right, Condra, would you rather have a personal stylist, an agent, or a publicist? I'm trying to think which one would be cheapest. Because <laughs> not not thinking about the blue money. Blue sky. Okay. Um, I feel like. No, Condra. We already did a whole episode about blue sky earlier. Ah, uh, you're so funny. I don't. I mean, I don't really have. Unless you and I needed an agent for some reason, or a publicist. Like, if we actually like needed someone to. I don't know. Maybe a publicist so what's, would what's be... the distinction between agent and publicist too? This is like the other complicated thing. Like I, I get it in my brain a little bit, but yeah. also like, seems like there's some crossover there. Agents. Well, agents represent folks in selling up their product. So they'll be, they'll go to a like for books, which is where my world agents in li- the literary world, they receive the scripts or the um, manuscript of an author and they're like, wow, this is really good. Let's approach these publishers. An agent's job is sort of like uh, to be um, a center between the talent and the powers that be. So if, like for an athlete, the agent represents the the athlete and, you know, helps with a contract, helps negotiate things with the team that the athlete is going to play for and the league as a whole. And then the agent might also work out advertising deals or commercials or sponsorships. I think highlighting the contract element of it is the the key difference between a publicist because a publicist is going to it seems like promote. a pub- that's the advertisement part that seems an like agent an agent is, is doing publicist in. stuff but a publicist is not doing agent stuff yes but i think an agent is doing publicist stuff in the terms of hyping up their client to a potential buyer where a publicist is trying is more broad it's Publicist it's selling is the product to, to the public, the masses, yeah, or the audience in publicist, as as it were, as it were, yeah. So I think, I think there's, I think that idea of an agent being con- contract focused and developing a contract is a little more. It, it helps define them a little more distinctly. Seems like one would get an agent before they would get a publicist. Correct. And personal stylist feels like the last thing of that. But, I mean, (laughs) if you're an actor, maybe personal stylist is more important. I don't think it's more important than an agent, but what do I know? Well, you you, you thought of that very business-esque and not just as, like, personal fantasy. (laughs) Like, I don't know. It could be fun to have a personal stylist. I mean, I I agree. I did a – there's a fancier chain store – 
in malls and they also have independent stores too that is a little more costly that they do free stylist services and there is like some expectation that you're going to buy some of said clothes but you can work (laughs) with a stylist and like they'll develop outfits for you depending on what your needs are and like I worked with one to get a suit for a wedding and that was a really cool like it was a kind of fun experience they had to figure out like my own personal style and how to match that with the products that they sold. I mean, a personal stylist is going to take it one step further because they're going to look beyond just their single store, but like a single store. But yeah, I mean, I had fun doing a personal stylist. I don't, I mean, it's not an all the time thing for me, but I think when I you need, need it, one it's helpful. For going to the library. Yeah. No, I dressed as Ariel today from the 1989 version of the little mermaid. So, I mean, I am not one to talk the about the real style. version, not this fake news. <laughs> No, that is not what I'm um, saying. The other thing I was going to mention is that the this song sort of being about a, a sibling relationship, thankfully we don't seem to have these problems of like, what if Condra becomes a star and I get left behind? Yeah, I mean, I think we're more realistic than that. <laughs> Unless I become a star in the library world, then look out. Yeah, never know. Famous librarians abound this country. <laughs> Anything else we got to say about this minute? I mean, no, there's more of it this next week. Song kind of just keeps going. Yeah. Background dancers are there. They seem like they're doing fun. It seems like maybe the Sharpettes are around. I didn't notice them, and that wouldn't make sense because the Sharpettes canonically do not go to East High. Okay. So that wouldn't make any sense. Keep an eye out if there's any like crossover of background dancers. That like definitely some of them look too old, but <laughs> that's right. always a problem we have. Too old to begin the training. Anyway, where can people find us on the internet? You can find us on Instagram at Amateur Nerds or Tumblr at Wildcat Minute. You can also send us an email to Amateur Nerds Present at gmail.com. Yeah, let us know what um, sort of person you would want to hire for your daily life. An assistant, stylist, agent. I feel like an assistant is really where, like, it would be most helpful. Uh, a perspective modifier. There's there's a joke in um, Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping where it's like the the thirteen people on Connor for Real's um, payroll, mm-hmm. and one of them is just a short guy to make him look taller. <laughs> Special thanks to our artist Theo Golden at T Golden Art on Instagram. And our musician, Joe Winslow, whom you can find at joewinslowmusic.com. I have been Condra. And I've been Tyler. We'll see you next time to find out if Queen sues High School Musical, you can bet on it.